History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 year old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Yehuda Bakana. He's from the Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Jerusalem. Now, I've met him recently. We had a combined church prayer gathering in Brisbane where Yehuda got up and He was able to pray for our city and our nation, and we prayed for Jerusalem and Israel and prayed for him. And he's been out in Australia speaking at a few churches, and it's a a blessing to have him on the radio today to share him a bit of his story. Welcome along, Yehuda. Tell us a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Good morning to everyone. I was born and raised in Jerusalem, Israel. Fantastic. And tell us, uh, what was uh, your life like? Were you raised in a a traditional Jewish home, or were you Messianic? What, what was your background? Well, actually, I was both. I was raised, born and raised as a believer, as a Messianic, as my mother was one of the founders of Nativia. And uh, I was also born for a traditional father that took me to the weekend synagogues in Jerusalem. So I was born actually in both worlds, both the Messianic world and the religious, traditional world. Oh, wonderful. And tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you always stay on the path following the Lord, or did you fall away? Uh, was there like a conversion experience at one stage? Tell us a bit about your, your personal faith journey. Actually, that's, uh, I think it's um, very thankful. It's, I think it's quite unique that uh, I was born into a good congregation in a good household that... Uh, managed to keep me in faith and walking along with the Lord basically my whole life. Mm. I don't think I had any stage where I stopped going to the congregation or to church. So my whole life I followed the Lord. Mm. I think it's quite unique and quite a blessing. Mm. Wonderful. And tell us a bit about your early career. Like what did you do when you finished school? When I finished school, I started working, actually skipped school. To work, so <laughs> ever since I'm 13, not many people know that, but ever since I'm 13, I had a full-time uh, job. Then I joined the army. I worked a little bit for a security company, like a private security company. I actually wanted to join the police, and uh, since I had a pistol on me and I had a motorcycle on me, all the young generation in the congregation kind of flocked around me, you know, Mm -hmm. asking questions about the motorcycle and about the gun. And then Joseph Shulam, who was the head pastor uh, in our congregation, Nativia, he asked me to join as a youth leader. I joined as a youth leader. And since then, I stayed in the ministry, teaching and leading. And I understand in your time as a youth leader, you were a counselor and overseer of a, a soup kitchen that had a food distribution project. Tell us what that looked like. Yes. We started working and uh, distributing food to the poor and to the needy of Jerusalem in uh, the year 2000. So for 23 years, we've been serving the city of Jerusalem. Uh, we've been working alongside with uh, social services, uh, feeding some of the poorest people and families 
in Jerusalem. So uh, it's been a huge blessing. I mean, that was totally my, my heart, and we still do it. It's a huge blessing from the poorest families in Jerusalem, from every background. They come to us uh, to receive food and nourishment for their families, for their members, for their children. And tell us a bit about your time Privilege. in the uh, Israeli Defense Force. You, you served there for a, a number of uh, number of years, I understand. Yeah, I served for a number of years, as almost every Israeli kid does. I served in the paratroopers as a sniper, and uh, I really enjoyed my time in the army. It was for me, it was a blessing. It taught me a lot of good life traits, mm. such as uh, order and uh, discipline, and I think it, it actually blessed me. Now, you've just uh, reminded me of my first ever trip to Israel. So many years ago, I went over with 11 other pastors. Thankfully, none of them were called Judas, and uh, <laughs> we, we, we had a tour uh, of Israel, and the first day we arrived, uh, we went up to the Golan Heights and went to a lookout overlooking Syria, and there was bombs going off in Syria. There was a, a skirmish happening and there was um, the United Nations were there and uh, there's a, a coffee shop up there. I think it's called Coffee Anan. I think, I think it's yeah, called, yeah. And there was the uh, Israeli Defense Force were there. And I remember thinking, wow, I've, I've arrived in a battle zone, you know, and I was very, you know, shocked, you know, coming what, from... A, what year was that? Oh, probably 10 years ago now. And I remember arriving there and thinking, wow, but... Then I saw all the Israeli Defence Force guys, I saw the, saw the United Nations, and I actually felt very safe. And then wherever I travelled over the 10 days I was there, there was very strong security with the Israeli Defence Force. And, you know, a lot of people say it's, it's dangerous in Israel, but really, you know, you've got the, the Iron Dome, you know, like you guys are really one of the safest countries in the world, really, aren't you? Well, I... I feel pretty safe. Uh, uh, my mom, she immigrated from America, and she always said that she felt safer to walk the streets of Jerusalem than the streets of America. So that's what my mom always used to say. Uh, my father was born in Israel. Uh, also, his family w were born in Israel. So uh, I, I feel safe in Israel. Mm. Yes, I mm. walk everywhere, and I feel safe. Mm. Yeah, so th that was my first trip. And then my second trip, when I went over to Israel... Uh, my wife and I went, and we took a bunch from our church, and we did a tour. And uh, there was, it, it was the time, I can't remember the exact year, but several years ago, when uh, there was a threat of tunnels being built underneath uh, to, to, you know, and, and they were going to, yeah, I think, yeah. you remember that yeah, in the Feast of Trumpets? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and they were discovered, thankfully. And uh, I remember it was on Yom Kippur, I think it was. That the plan was they were going to, you know, launch an attack on Yom Kippur, but they were discovered. And yes, yes, I remember. You remember this. that, yeah. And and I just remember thinking, you know, God is at work protecting Israel day and night, isn't he? Mm. That's where our trust is. That's what, what we pray every day, uh, both as Messianics and as religious Jews. That's what we play, pray on a daily basis is for God's protection. Mm. Now, let's talk about 2023. So obviously that was several years ago, my two visits that I went there. I'd love to go back again, and I'd love to visit your church. Uh, but tell us, in 2023, what's it looking like in Israel right now? Uh, there, there has been some you know, news reports 
in in recent months, but it's been a bit quiet recently. What you've just come from there? What's what's the latest in Israel at the moment um, with regards to uh, you know the, the the military assault against Israel? <laughs> I think uh, it still feels relatively safe. It, well, relatively, it feels very safe. There is no uh, military um, tension. I think the tension is more inward. Uh, politically, yeah, uh, the political tension is much greater than the military one. So safe, we all feel safe, but we we feel kind of um, on a political stance within Israel. There's uh, these questions yeah. about the reform, the and the justice system. Yeah, so that that keeps people uh, ongoing mm. more than the security feeling. Mm, absolutely. And we know the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, for those who have never really prayed for Jerusalem and Israel, um, would you just unpack for us, you know, how can we pray for Israel in this time? Well, there's so many points of prayer for Israel. I think that some of them and the most important ones is for our youth because we're growing. I mean, as a Messianic body, as believers, the amount and the numbers of, of people are being saved. The numbers are growing. The issue is with a younger generation, with a second generation. We're losing our second generation. And I feel that it's worldwide. It's not only in Israel, but I, I feel it close to home as I talk with other leaders. We're talking about numbers that are scary. We're talking about 75% that are dropping off the church. So only 25% of the youth that were born in the congregation, that were born in church, actually stay. Mm. And 75% we lose the next generation. So that's a big point of prayer. The second point of prayer is unity. We need unity. We lack unity. There are many ministries in Israel. All of them are good. But each ministry kind of works by himself. There is very little cooperation and that's something that we would have to work on and i was so blessed to be here in brisbane and see unity and see several churches come together pray together praise together mm. and work together uh, for me it was very refreshing and very nice very very nice to see and you know there's a a lot of people that listen to podcasts and uh, YouTube channels and all sorts of things with with many great messianic ministries, uh, but there's probably a lot of people that don't understand what is a messianic believer. Would you just unpack how you explain it to people? It's a, it's a good question. I guess it'd be relatively difficult to explain because for most people, a Christian or messianic would actually be almost the same. I think the only difference is the origin that the, there's a Jew. The Messianic is usually a Jew that believes in, in Yeshua and Jesus. That being said, there are many non-Jews that consider themselves Messianic. It's basically going back to the Hebrew roots, rereading the Bible. Rereading the Bible as Israel exists, as the Jewish nation exists, and just understanding that the Old Testament is still relevant in our lives. It's still the Word of God. So that would probably be the, the only difference. Mm. 
Well, I did a course from uh, First Fruits of Zion Ministries called Hayasod last year, and uh, I found it so inspirational uh, to learn a lot about our Hebrew roots. And, and really, a lot of the Old Testament stories, a lot of the Old Testament scriptures that you might gloss over, uh, they really unpack in a lot more depth. And because uh, a lot of Christians only read the New Testament and only, or the Newer Testament, as some people call it, you know, and, and don't really understand, uh, you know, what Israel went through in the Old Testament and, and what the Lord taught us through the people of Israel. Uh, so for me, it, it certainly opened my yeah, eyes and gave me a, a lot more deeper revelation. Yeah. I think there are different levels of uh, understanding and uh, diff- different levels of understanding also the scriptures because uh, you have to have Israel in mind in the Old Testament to understand the New Testament, to mm. understand who Yeshua is and what he does because we can believe in Jesus and that's sufficient. That's, that's, that's good. We're saved. But then we can better understand our salvation, what it stands for, who is Yeshua, and what does he do for me, mm. and, and why. And I think that the Old Testament explains everything as everything is a prototype of the Messiah. Mm. Everything points to the Messiah. So to better understand Jesus, you have to understand Israel, and you have to understand the Old Testament. For example, the Exodus of Egypt. The Exodus of Egypt is the prototype of the salvation of the world. Mm. As God took his people, his nation, out of slavery and led them into freedom, into the promised land. And this is exactly what Yeshua is doing for us. He takes us from slavery, from bondage, and he sets us free. And where is Yeshua leading us? To the promised land. So this is a prototype. And we can look at, uh, you know, Joseph or David, as they are the prototypes of the Messiah. Like the known saying, Messiah, son of David, or Messiah, son of Joseph. Mm. Where do these two terms come from? So you have to better understand King David or understand Joseph in Egypt to better understand the Messiah. For example, Joseph. You know, Joseph is the provider of, of bread the bread of life. Joseph is hidden from his brothers. You understand? Yep. Joseph is hidden. He's, he looks like an Egyptian. He looks like a European. Mm. He's dressed in a costume of uh, blue eyes and blonde hair. And his people, his brothers, don't recognize him. But we, as Messianic believers, as Jews that believe in Yeshua, we await the day that Jesus will take his cost him off and come to his brothers and say, come to me. I am your brother whom you've sold to slavery. Mm. You've sold to the nations. Come to me and I will provide for you the bread of life. So we all await that moment. Mm. Wonderful. Well, it's been so good to hear a little bit of your story today and some of your teaching as well. Uh, You've been uh, out at Brisbane speaking at some different churches, and you know we've been blessed to have you as a part of uh, New Hope Brisbane, and I know that you're speaking at a n- number of other churches as well. Uh, it's been great to connect with you. If people want to find out more about uh, the tour in Australia, the website is jerusalem2brisbane.com. That's Jerusalem and then the number 2, brisbane.com, and you can see a list of other speakers and uh, uh, other events that Yehuda is speaking at. Now, Yehuda, before we uh, wrap up, 
I love hearing your beautiful Hebrew accent. And I love, I think I heard someone last night say, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in Hebrew. Can you just quote that for us in, in, with, in Hebrew, please? Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Oh, beautiful. Very good. Yehuda Bachana, and uh, it's spelt Y-E-H-U-D-A, Yehuda Bachana. Uh, if you want to search up Yehuda Bahana and uh, the church, uh, it's well, the ministry is called the Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry in Jerusalem. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be my privilege to visit you there one day, hopefully next year in Jerusalem, hey? No, hopefully. Shana Habnuya for next year in Jerusalem. Definitely. <laughs> Amen. Once again, the website is Jerusalem2Brisbane.com. That's with the number two. Uh, Yehuda, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, devotions, downloads and dad jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor.